0: Welcome to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. Discovering in Christ to love the life we live and learning how to live a life of love. Welcome to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph and we with Patrick and Christy Ingram. And we are almost at the end of the story, but there's still so much to say. Mm-hmm. We talked about the restoration of their picture which is just about, to me that really i just cottoned onto that as a good old east Texan would say to you know that god is all about in the restoration business he is yeah. he is into restoring and if you are in a situation where your marriages or your relationships or whatever area you don't feel can be restored god can take anything and restore it to better than it was before m- much better and so that's where we're in. We're in the restoration phase right now. And so, Christy and you guys decided to remarry. Your mom, Christy, was not 100% behind the second one either, was she? She was still very quiet. But yeah. let's hear, let's go one of you. I mean, I can pick on either one, but I know, Patrick, you were wanting to say something
1: before we ended last week. And I know I cut into you hmm. there, but. Do you remember what you wanted to Yeah, you had mentioned something about the picture. We are just talking about the picture. Yes. And I don't remember if I covered this. I just want to make sure I mentioned it. You know, you when you're g- going through a tough time, something that's very, very drastic, like what we were going through in a divorce, separation. If you, you know, when you turn to God and ask God for wisdom, the Bible says, if you ask and you expect that he'll give in abundance. God really showed me that early on in, the, in that picture. And uh, as far as the picture goes, he sent me a devotion. and. I got this devotion right after I'd said, God, I need your wisdom to go on this journey. And it was a picture, or the picture on the front of the devotion was a man in a boat and a wave was coming over the boat. And so,
2: and I believe it said, God's in your storm, didn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It said, said, God is in control. Mm -hmm. And it was just, wow. You know, like, Mm -hmm. okay, God, here we go. But to fast forward to us getting married, when we got married, uh, remarried, we were given a picture and it was a boat on the shoreline and it was a boat that had come to rest. And it was just God, it was, God. The same boat was in the incredible. Picture. Yes. It was the same boat. And I remember seeing it and just getting chills and, wow. and just hearing God say, okay, so do you trust me? Yes. You know, yes. so
2: Can you describe what our wedding was like. Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> but also I want to give Christy credit too, because people need to hear this when God was working on both of us, specifically her at the time, about considering restoration for our marriage. When we did remarry, and even before we did, we talked about it then. And I remember our conversations going, I wanted to be affectionate to her, and she said, I'm sorry, it's hard for me to be affectionate to you because I see you like my brother now. Like, literally like you're, you know, I just can't see you as my husband. Right. That really crushed me. And I thought, how are we going to move forward here? But Christy chose to honor and obey what she heard God saying to her, mm-hmm. and and she talked about Darlene Duran telling her, "Look, you know, if you'll do what God tells you to do, He'll restore that love and kindle that flame in, in in your marriage again." And the fact that she was willing to trust God and move forward in that and watch that happen was incredible. Mm-hmm. And and so you know that that's such a hard place to be. Yeah, I never had that feeling like she did, but I tried to imagine if I saw her now, like my sister or like a friend, how can I move forward in that relationship? Right. But she chose to trust God, and so here we are.
2: Well, I, I was going to say, too, um, we didn't have the full support of really any of my family and when we decided to get remarried, and I was set on, this is going to happen because I'm going to have this picture. And so <laughs> we um, we had this little outdoor, thing. I don't know if you're familiar with Bo Pilgrim's prayer chapel, but it's this beautiful outdoor uh there's a a waterfall, water fountain, and and like this chapel. And I knew it was free to do weddings there. So I was like, okay, we're going to do that. I'm going to borrow the dress. We're going to have this, you know, cheap wedding, but we're going to get a picture. And we started telling everyone. And my mom immediately said, no one's going to come. No one wants this. No one's, we're not supporting you in this. And I was like, I'm not going through this again. And I was like, you know what, I'm doing this. And so It was funny because Patrick's letting everyone know that's been praying with them, and they're all cheering. And Mm. on my end, they're all like, no, you know. (laughs) But when everyone gathered together, we chose my mother's pastor again, David Benson, because we wanted it to be on her turf. We wanted it to be where she couldn't be angry with our pastor and go, this is all you're doing. You know, we got her pastor. And he was glad to do it. And his son, you know, played the instrument and sang and everything. And it was very small, very quaint. But the the cool thing was there was probably, I don't know, 50 or 75 people showed up. I was really surprised. But like half of it was like people that were angry and half of it were people that were rejoicing and praising God. So it was really a tense thing. Wow. And But when we got up to walk through the process of our vows, and even at that point, I still didn't have affection for him, but I was being, it was all into obedience. It was like I was marrying Jesus at the altar, not Patrick, you know, right. when he did this, it was your tra- traditional wedding sermon. He said, I'm going to address the crowd. Mm-hmm. They are standing before God and they are doing what honors God. And all of you who are here should be in support of what they are doing because they are doing and that it is between them and God and they are honoring God. and." If you have a problem with this, you know, then you have a problem with God because God is blessing this union. And so it was like this hush, you know, all these people that were angry that were there and mad and really not even some of them weren't even speaking to me. And I'm like, why would you even show up? You know, but uh, at the end, we had family coming to us and apologizing and hugging us and crying because of the way he addressed them. And because he was very uh, not afraid Right. to address them and say, they are doing what is right. And right. if you're a good person, you support what, you know, and it, it was really good. I mean, it was so great. Yeah. And we had people come to us with right. tears in their eyes from the church that had been standing. And they were like, this was the most romantic wedding I've ever been to. And I was thinking, really? <laughs> it was so stressful. And it was like everybody got a, got a tongue lashing, you know. But it, there, a lot of restoration with family took place there. And then mm. I had, you know, one family member that came to me and said, I'm so proud of you. Because you're not doing what everyone else would have done, Mm -hmm. you know. Everyone else would have said, "Eh, "Divorce, you know, wash your hands, walk away, start over, try again." And he said, "You you you have the courage to do what nobody else is doing, even with everybody around Mm -hmm. you giving you a thumbs down. You're doing it anyway." And he said, "I'm proud of you." That was my uncle, and it was just like God was still working even then, you know.
0: I want to interject in here because I'm sure that. There are many listeners listening to this and going, but I, I'm, in a diff- I'm, I'm, I'm in a divorce, or so I've been divorced. And what are you saying that we need to try and get back with my husband and my wife? And I want to kind of just, just interject and say, firstly, there is no condemnation in any of this yes. that uh, Christy and Patrick, uh, be it that you are divorced or. Be it that you've been remarried, doesn't mean now you divorce your new husband and go back to your old husband. This is not nothing. Right. This has not been about any of that. What this has been about is that God can take a situation that seems impossible and restore it. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to hearing what God says. If you're in an abusive marriage and the person is abusive to you, I am not against divorce uh, in, in situations like that. I think there is too much out there where there's too much condemnation for people you know, leaving and they, you know, and and scriptures in the Bible have been misquoted and taken through, bring condemnation. And I know that that's not on Christy and Patrick's heart at all. God took a situation here where God gave Patrick a picture. And I love how you started this podcast with a picture. And I want encourage you, if you've still got hope for your marriage, even though you might have gone through divorce, but you're really feeling the same pull that God has done on Patrick and Christy, Don't underestimate that. God is obviously speaking to you. Get a picture. Ask God for a picture that you can put on and believe and stand in. Because there's something about vision. The Bible speaks about my people perish without vision. And God wants to maybe give you a vision for restoration. I don't think it's just for marriage. I'm thinking for people who have breakups with their kids. With their kids, there's a separation in the sense of their children, certain family members, with parents, with friends. Whatever the situation is, God, as we said last week, is in a in a restoration business and he wants to restore. But you've got to hear him. Mm-hmm. You don't just jump out there and try and do it in your own strength because Patrick learned the hard way. Every time he did, it fell apart. Every time he listened to God's leading, it was a different thing. And as Christy, the same thing. As She listened to God's leading with the relationship and she took some faith steps, things happened. So I just wanted to interject there mm-hmm. because it's so easy for people to look at that and go, yeah,
1: you know what? Well, look
0: at what you know. I came out. My husband would beat me to pulp. I had to. Yeah. I had to run away in the middle of the night. What, what are you saying? Do you need me to go back to him? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Right. No. There is. If there was violence and that type of stuff involved, and unless God does a huge miracle in that situation, no. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. As far as moving forward, Patrick and I. See, so we were married in November. And of course, the holidays were on us, so everything was kind of crazy. But then. We got a phone call about going on the radio. Hmm. Uh, I believe it was in Jacksonville radio Mm -hmm. station. Patrick had called over there and asked for prayer when he was listening to one of the radio programs on a Christian programming over there. And the guy that had prayed with him over the phone was in a similar situation with his wife. And so when our marriage was restored, Patrick phoned him and told him, I just wanted to let you know what God did, you know, and that we remarried. And so he invited us to come on the program and to give our testimony. And, you know, we were still in that situation where Patrick was very beat down and I was very aggressive. I kind of switched roles and I was like the Aggressor, you know, and and he, he was even the, mouse,
0: he was the tiger.
2: Yeah, and he even remembers that one day I flipped the coffee table over, and I would say, yeah. don't you dare mess with me! I'll walk out that door." And mm-hmm. he would say, "Would you please stop threatening me with that?" And I, but I just held that over his head, like you, you, you know, because he had been so humble, and I didn't want to see him. I wanted to keep him that way, you know. It's like <laughs> you stay humble. If I see you not being humble, I'm out this door because I'm not putting up with anything. And but it was really just keeping him imprisoned. And when this guy called for us to go on the radio, you know, any, any time God calls you to do something, the enemy's going to just fight you and and he's going to really turn up the heat. You know, we fought all the way to the radio station (laughs) about what we were and weren't going to discuss. You know, I was like, you can't say this about our testimony. You can't say this. You can't tell people this. Don't tell people that, you know, and he was like, I just want to be real and transparent. And I'm like, well, you can't say this and you can't say that and you can't. You know, and it was like we just argued and fought all the way over there. I mean, it was like what we really should have been doing was praying and asking God to lead us. And but, you know, the enemy was just trying to have his way. And and we got over there and, you know, we didn't have any issues at all. None of the stuff we worried about talking about ever even came up. But we went through and at the end of our testimony, the guy said, well, you know, we're having them on today because we have this marriage uh, ministry that's coming to Tyler. And do you remember the ministry? It was uh, Family Life. Family Life. Family yeah, Life. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they are going to have this, you know, uh, weekend for marriages, you know, and we're just promoting that. We wanted to have them on. And, and they said, you know, thanks for being our show. We want to give you tickets mm. to, we have uh, an envelope here for you, for you to go to this this weekend at Family Life. Uh-huh. And we've got, uh, we're paid for your hotel. It's all covered, you know. And we were like, wow, we weren't expecting that. And... Um, and that was where God was going to restore everything, and it was crazy because in our obedience to go and give our testimony, mm-hmm. they gave us this tool mm-hmm. to repair and finish the the work that yes. God had started. And it was at that uh, weekend that man, they make you drag everything out, you know. Yes, I mean, they do. <laughs> I, I mean, we went through two days of, and, and I, I can tell you, we more than once packed our bags and went to the car. And he would not put the key in the ignition. We would sit there with our suitcases in the, in the trunk going, we're leaving. We can't do this. And then he'd take the key and go, come on, we're going back in, you know? And I was just like, no, I don't want to go back in, you know? And it was just this all weekend. It was like such a struggle just to get through because, you know, they're making you talk about things that hurt, hurt. you're dragging (laughs) on the pain and the hurt and then, and the very last week we got through that weekend, it was painful and it was, we were mad and we were sad and we were every emotion you can think of. But the last day they have you write a letter to your spouse and they give you instructions. You know, we want you to say like five things that you love about them or what made you attracted to them or what qualities you think are good. You know, they're kind of trying to help you along yeah. in case you're stupid. You don't know how to, <laughs> how to be kind, you know, <clears throat> and we wrote our letters and it said, you know, um, when you get home, give the letter or whatever. So when we got home, we were exhausted. Like, I felt like my insides had been turned inside out. I not about you. Mm-hmm. But when we did the exchange of the letters, I think that's when everything just broke. Yeah. It was like, all of a sudden, I can remember we just, we exchanged letters and then we just wept and wept. And I remember that was the point where I can pinpoint that my emotions came back and I felt like I loved him again. But it was like we had to go through all that
1: we're such a microwave society, you know yes. we don't realize or we forget, we lose sight of if anything is worth having, it's worth working for. Yes, and when you spend five years and you're young and dumb like we were, sowing the wrong kind of seeds in your marriage it as good as God is, he doesn't typically fix that in a day or an hour. Right. <clears throat> you're going to have to go through a season and work as we did before believing God to restore our marriage. And then once we were married, the work, the real work really began. Yes. And that was how much were you gonna to die to self? And it's just not easy, but I think about back before when we divorced, one of the things that I had a picture of too was my kids. And God showed me, you know, he's like, you know what? They're here because of you two. I mean, ultimately because of him. He, you know, he, it's, it's God is why we're all here. But our kids are the innocent, bystanders of these yeah. divorce and of broken marriages, broken homes, and they, they suffer so much. And yes. so that was a real motivation too. just thinking about my kids and how, you know, anybody who's contemplating or been there, or do I fight for my marriage or, you know, always consider the kids. I had a friend when Christie first left, uh, and he found out about our, uh, what was going on. And he called me and said, Hey, I, w- I want to talk to you. And, uh, we chatted and he asked me, that I mind if he contacted Christy? He said, absolutely not. You know, sure, call, call her. He said, you know, I, my parents divorced when I was at a young age. He said, you always hear people talking about if your parents are fighting, it's better for the kids to not hear that yelling and screaming and just to divorce. And he's the only person I ever heard say this that actually told me this. But He said, I want to tell you, y'all, please don't get divorced because I would rather have had my parents now, of course, there's there's different circumstances are different, right. like you were just mentioning, but he said I would rather have my parents arguing and fighting in my home and be in my home than them divorce. You know the the, the route they went, how it affected his life.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And he was an unbeliever. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and so uh, yeah, and that's a great point. He watched God restore our marriage. He's a and, believer
2: now. <laughs> yes, <yeah, laughs> she is.
1: But so after uh, I don't get too far ahead here, but uh, on the subject of the kids, you know, since God restored our marriage and we still work to this day on ourselves and our marriage, but.
2: Did you just go blank again?
1: <laughs> well, you know, that and, and uh, maybe
0: as I'm speaking, it might, uh, you know, it might come back to you, but I think it's, you, you said some very important parts there. And while you were speaking, just looking at the how you went through this hell, God restored you guys, but that was just the beginning, mm. the beginning of the story. Because you were not willing in the first five years of marriage to work. God had to take you through a a place of of pain to a place where now you were ready to work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you saw what not working caused. And I think that's such an important part to so many people out here who are listening to this. I, I want to encourage you, marriage takes work. Yes, it's marriage is a beautiful thing when two people decide to work on it together. It can be hell Mm -hmm. when two people... Someone had said to me, you know, marriage can be the best kind of heaven, but it can be the worst kind of hell. So true. And so, but I think it comes down to, like you were saying, is God in the center of it? Are you willing to work at Mm -hmm. it? As I shared right at the beginning of this podcast when we started was, marriage doesn't start end broken, it starts broken. And it's two people putting the bricks and putting the mortar and laying the foundations and putting it together Mm. hand in hand if you've got a Christian marriage with God. Yes. And allowing him, you know, pride, terrible thing in marriage. So both of you have come to that revelation. You know, you were speaking about family life, a phenomenal group. Me and my wife have gone through the family life weekend and I know exactly what you, you're saying. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we fought a lot during that weekend. And it's not because it's a bad weekend, but because of it forces you to be transparent. And if you're afraid of being transparent, it's the best thing to go to because it starts opening up areas that you didn't even know. And there's nothing better for a marriage than transparency. If yes. you're hiding things, yeah, mm-hmm. it'll create poison. And you Gotta know, unpack wanna, I, I can just say
2: this too, because um, some people may be listening and they're, in a marriage that seems hopeless and maybe they're the only one trying. Mm. I can remember when we got back together, I remember thinking to myself, if I would have moved on and married someone else, I wouldn't have been happy ever after. I would have started over with a whole new set of problems with another person because people are people and everybody has issues. Mm-hmm. And maybe they wouldn't have the same issues that Patrick had, but they would have another set of issues. Yes. And for me to have the ideal that I'm just going to have this effortless relationship that I can just walk into and be happily ever after, it's not mm-hmm. possible. That, you know, if, you, if your husband is not cooperating with you right now, or maybe he's not a believer and you're a believer in your standing, or maybe it's this husband who's believing for the wife, you know, Moving on and trying to find another spouse, I mean, if you have the faith to believe God for a a new spouse, then you should have the faith to believe God Mm. to bring your spouse around because that's ultimately God's perfect will. I mean, there's going to be work. And it's like, you know, it's just like my, like I said in the beginning was, I really felt like it was this happily ever after princess story. And it's so deceiving because that is not it. You know, they roll the credits when the, at the wedding and that's not, you know, it's that's really not fair. <laughs> yeah, <she'd> say,
0: the <laughs> beginning
2: You <of England>. <laughs> know, I, mean, yeah. I, I mean, I think you could take any elderly couple that's been married for years and years, and you mm. could ask them if they had trouble, and they would probably start laughing because they'd been through so much. But, you know, one thing Patrick heard uh, when we first got remarried was he heard, mm. he heard yeah. a pastor say, you have to give up your right to be right. Yeah. So whenever we would fight, after we got remarried, like some issue would come up, and we were ready to just duke it out. We would both remember, I have to give up my right to be right. And mm-hmm. so because we both were humble, then we were able to communicate and solve issues because there wasn't one person going, I'm right here and you're wrong. And I can remember one day, I was so angry with him about something. And I said, listen, <laughs> I'm not wrong, but I'm going to give up my right to be right. And and I didn't even think about what I was saying. And Patrick just started laughing And the whole argument ended because it was so funny because it was like, I guess it was kind of selfish for me to say it like that. It was like, I know I'm not wrong, but I'm going to give up my right to be right. And he was like, oh, really? You know you're not wrong, huh? And I was like, well, I don't think I am, but I guess I could be, you know. But uh, over that that next, uh, the months and the years following, I realized, and we both realized, we're not going to make it if we get complacent and we leave God out. Yes. He has got to be in the center of this or we know where we're going mm-hmm. to lead to because we've been there and we don't want to go back.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: we were just really the fear of the Lord, I guess. is You know, I've never really understood that when people would say the fear of the Lord. But it was like, I'm afraid not to have God in my life yes. because I know where it leads me. and And we were so like... I mean, we put our faces of flint to the Lord. We couldn't afford cable. So we didn't have TV as a distraction. And back then there then it was no internet and Facebook and all the junk you have now that's stealing right. and robbing surprised people's time. surprised you guys time. don't have more children then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, know, I know. But you know, we we just said when he would get home from work, it was like put on our worship and we're going to pray. And that was our evening. We would have dinner and then we prayed. And mm. we prayed until we went to bed. And and that's how we spent our evenings was praying and worshiping. And it got to a point where one night, I actually was awoke, awoken by a smell, a sweet smell. It felt like a candle was burning in our house. It was so strong, it woke me up. And I got up and started going through the apartment and going, oh my gosh, did I look? And I was like, we're too broke to own a candle. I don't think, I, I don't know where that smell's coming from, you know? And I couldn't figure it out. And I went out on the porch and stuck my head outside and I took a deep breath. No, it's not outside. It's definitely inside the apartment. And I go back in and I'm like, where is the smell coming from? And I tried to wake Patrick up, and he uh, he was real groggy. And I was like, "Hey, do you smell that? Do you smell that?" Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, I, I smell it." And I was like, "Do you smell it? It's really strong." And I was like, and I just got back in the bed and laid there, and I was wide awake, going, "What is that?" And I just said, "Lord, what is that?" You know, and just casually, didn't really expect him to answer me. And he said, "That's me. That's that smell that you're smelling is me." And the next day, I went to the Word and was like, "Okay, Lord, what is this?" And I found the scripture about how our prayers go up as an incense to God, and wow. how we had saturated our house so much with prayer that it was literally a sweet smell in our house that was so strong sweet that it woke't up princess. We had no candles, mm-hmm. we had no yeah. you know it wasn't for breeze or anything like that. It was just this <laughs> strong, distinct. sweet, distinct odor that was in our home, and it was yeah, like, awesome. Wow, we were on this high for for months, I would say mm-hmm. that, and and everywhere we went. People would say, y'all are so sweet to each other. You must be newlyweds. How long have you been married? And then it was like, okay, you want to go first? And it was an yeah. open door for our testimony. That's we amazing. were able to share everywhere we went.
0: Well, let me cut you off there because we're almost <laughs> done with this week. You know, I saw this picture on Facebook of, uh, two, of a person who had climbed. It was right on top of a it looked like a ramp. And there were two people below pointing up and going, man, look how high he is. That must have been easy. Mm. But then on the ramp, you saw the ramp was covered with glass and his feet were bleeding. Wow. And it was a whole aspect of it. It's so easy to point to people who have found success in life who are up there. But you don't realize all the things they've gone mm. to to get up mm. there. Yeah, And I was thinking of Shaka Zulu. This is from Africa days who used to make his impi warriors run barefoot over thorns. Mm. Big large thorns so that their feet could get tough. So when they were fighting their battles, they didn't have to wear the, the, the like the other tribes or these sandals that would slow them down and so on. And they wouldn't battle upon battle upon battle because they had tough feet. And the things we go through prepare us for the future, strengthen us, strengthen our spirits, strengthen our, and we don't even realize there's a strengthening going on. In today's world, we are so afraid of pain. We're so afraid mm. of hard times we're so afraid of things that are going wrong and god just wants to let us know part of life it's part of our right. development it's part of strengthening us and, and in developing muscles that we didn't have before so that we could face life with joy and with peace even in the troubles even in the valley Amen. of the shadow of death and so i want to encourage my viewers: if you're going through a valley of the shadow of death don't be walking through there blind realize Sometimes the things that are cutting your feet are diamonds sometimes mm. they are gems and if we don't realize that there are gems lying all over the floor of the valley of death and we just focusing on the pain that we're experiencing not looking for the diamonds and the gems and the jewels that are in that terrible situation we can miss some of the great things that God wants to teach yes. us and take us through to prepare us because he knows what our futures behold he knows the the situations that are hold. so i want to encourage you don't want, don't panic about where God he's still with you in the valley he didn't mm-hmm. put you in the valley but he's walking with you to the valley mm-hmm. and on side by side as I'm sure the two of you had discovered as yes. you were going Same. through that God walked out, that valley with you and now we're going to look at some of these diamonds and gems that cut your feet in the valley mm-hmm. and how they are applying in your life now in the lives of your kids and other people and even preparing you for some of the challenges that you're facing right now in life mm-hmm. so Thank you so much once again Mm -hmm. for your time. We will be back for our final chapter in this interview with Patrick and Christy as they take us on the last part of their journey. Thank you for listening to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. For more information on other available teaching, please visit our website at orenrudolph.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash orenrudolph.